0: Hello, I'm Patrick Spencer, Editor-in-Chief for CIO Digest. Welcome to our exclusive interview podcast for the October issue. I'm here with Dave Cullinane, the Chief Information Security Officer at eBay Marketplaces. Dave has more than 30 years of experience in IT security, serves on the editorial advisory boards for CSO Magazine and SC Magazine, is a former international president of Information Systems Security Association, among various other interesting roles and responsibilities. So Dave, you came to this new post at eBay about six or seven months ago from Washington Mutual, where you served as a Chief Information Security Officer. For your new role at eBay, can you tell us a little bit about eBay marketplaces?
1: Sure. Um, eBay marketplaces are what we call marketplaces is really what most people think of when they think of it as eBay. So um, it encompasses all of the the things you can do on the site in terms of buying and selling your your goods and it's really just that it's a marketplace that we provide where people can come in and and buy or sell whatever they wish to um, within some parameters obviously but um and do so in a very open environment where you know an individual seller can actually compete with a corporation it's really rather a neat idea
0: and you have a huge number of uh, users in the community
1: so it's a really a rather I mean, an amazing place in the terms of the size and scale of what we see and one of the comments I've been making and it's true is that um we actually see more transactions in one day here than we see in, than I saw in a year at the bank I was at prior to this but it's amazing there are, we're in we have more than thirty eight markets that we're in there's fifty thousand categories of goods that are sold, about fourteen and a half billion in goods traded quarterly so um, it's quite large. Um, there are over 100 million listings at any one point in time and 240 some million um, registered users. And over 1.3 million of those users are what we call um, primary sellers or secondary sellers that are actually making their living off of eBay either as their primary source of income or their secondary source of income. And um, that they're really running substantial business operations in that environment. It's quite impressive so the the scale and scope of things is much bigger and that's really one of the security challenges too is how do I provide security in that type of an environment the other thing that's sort of special about eBay and from a security perspective is that the bank I had control of one side of the transaction so if you were coming in to do something um, whether it was pay your bills online or something of that nature I could see that you you know you were doing the same things you've always done and if somebody tried to pay twenty thousand dollars for Something that you normally pay $20 for or $200 for, I could, you know, very easily contact you and say, is this really a transaction you want to go through? In mm-hmm. eBay, because we're providing a marketplace for people to trade in, you know, you may be buying from someone else and who's selling something to you, and I don't necessarily have that level of control. So mm-hmm. um, it provides us a, some pretty interesting challenges on how do we secure that.
0: When you went into some of the security challenges, let's backtrack just briefly and talk about your your background, which is uh, very, very interesting. You you started about six, seven months ago.
1: Yeah, I've been at eBay about seven months. Um, Prior to that, I was at the sixth largest bank in the United States for five years. Prior to that, worked at Encipher and helped set up their professional services program and did some pretty interesting things there with crypto and learned a lot about crypto, which is a large part of the reason I went was the Sun Life of Canada prior to that? Is the equivalent of what their CISO would be. The title didn't exist at the time, I guess. And before that, helped start up Digital Equipment Corporation security consulting practice. And mm. Still alive in HP today. Uh, I'm the past international president of the ISSA, which is the largest professional association for information security folks. And, and they just drafted me back to be the CFO, so I'm doing that now too. So,
0: <laughs> so how have you seen uh... You've been working in the area of security for a number of years. How have you seen seen the landscape change
1: It's changing significantly. I've made that meaning to be humorous comment that you know I, as much as two years ago, I would have said this is you know organized gangs of criminals that are trying to perpetrate fraud and that sort of thing, but it's not the sopranos and now there are clear indications that it is very much organized crime that's doing things that organized crime is actually funding research on how to you know, break into systems and steal things of value and, and help to perpetrate frauds and things like that. So the, the sophistication of the threat has really increased
0: rather dramatically in the last year or so. And what types of new – I mean, you have organized crime working on uh, you know, ways in which they can defraud the consumer as well as businesses, but what are some of the other new threats that have just popped up on the landscape?
1: We're seeing just an increase in the sophistication of everything, so one of the things that eBay um, does extremely well is prevent denial of service attacks. We see a million a year, and there those are some million significant ones, not little tiny ones and In the last two years, um, up until a month or so ago, none of them had gotten through. We were able to stop all of them, and it was because they built some really they partnered with a major vendor here and built a really fascinating um, way of looking at. All of the stuff that's coming through, and, and even despite the volume of traffic that happens on a constant basis here, they were able to very effectively deal with the, um, the amount of stuff that was coming in and stop it from happening and prevent the denial of service. But we're actually seeing even those types of attacks now get very sophisticated, and so they've done things like individually you know, configure each packet when they you know start shooting millions of packets at us so that the, the standard filtering technologies don't work. Um, we've been because of the the way we watch and monitor what's happening and make sure that we're constantly upgrading our stuff. We caught those two and stopped them, but they did manage to get through much further than anything's gotten through before. Um, and it's it's a clear indication that things are getting far more sophisticated and dangerous
0: out there. I've read a couple of articles that uh, that have been published on what you've been doing. Man in the middle attacks. Uh, can you talk a little bit about those
1: it 's something that 's um starting to appear, and it was one of the things we saw at the bank that was coming you know the a lot of the initial attempts to defraud people and particularly in the banking industry were around trying to con people into giving up their credentials and um, you know, They were basically scam artists, and they were trying to scam people to give them information and let them do things that would allow them access to your you know your online accounts and that sort of thing. We knew there were man in the middle attacks being crafted and and we really didn't expect to see them until probably sometime late this year, and they were actually seen being tried in August of 2006. So hmm. it's one of the indications that things are um, starting to come much faster than they would um, than we'd really expected. So and uh, you know they're trying to make money at this, and it's the same fraudsters that have been perpetrating frauds for years. I mean, particularly in the banking world, you know. There have been people trying to do check-kiting schemes and all those sorts of things to perpetrate fraud for years, and it's just that they've moved the fraud into the technology age and have started to try and use technology to help them do it as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it makes for some interesting challenges, but it's also something we can we can deal with and, um, and help make sure that our customers in our community here at eBay feel very comfortable trading with us. So.
0: I know you're a member of the Anti-Phishing Network Group, can you talk about how phishing affects eBay members and what they can do to avoid phishing attacks?
1: So phishing is um, its an ongoing problem. It's another indication you know, that things are getting more sophisticated. You know, just a couple of years ago, maybe not even that long ago, you could look at a phishing email that was trying to con you into giving up your credentials or your you know, your username and password type thing, and you'd find all sorts of typos and bad language and things that would tip you off that they were phishing messages. Um, they've gotten far more sophisticated, both in that social engineering type aspect of attack, but also, in now they're starting to embed malicious code in them, so that if it'll say something. We saw one recently that you know confirmed that your account, your bank account, has been compromised, and you need to go in and check and make sure your money's still there. And then it gave a very nice description of you shouldn't give up your information because there are people trying to fish information and it looked like something a security person might write and then at the bottom it said please click here to acknowledge receipt of this message and when you clicked on it it would install spyware on your pc that would you know grab you logging into the bank and so people really need to understand that they need to be utilizing the tools that are being provided particularly like from companies like yours with you know the the antivirus and the firewall technologies that need to be in place so that even if somebody does manage to get some kind of um, malicious code on their PC, it, it minimizes the potential for it to do anything to them and hopefully prevents it from happening in the first place. And it's part of the, you know, the community itself needs to be, and the customers themselves and users in general need to be, you know, taking some responsibility for um, implementing some of the security here.
0: So. I mean, that's a really, I mean, that's a huge challenge. Is You, you can't make them have all the security now measures I, on their systems when they're doing business with and as yeah, much as crazy. possible,
1: we like to put things in that are transparent so that we don't interfere. Um, and it can be as simple and pleasurable as an experience as possible, and there aren't too many things to, um, gates to go through. And we're actually finding some technologies that will help us do that sort of thing. But um, we also need to try and educate our customers, and we do um, a great deal of stuff we're putting some major effort right now into our online security center um, to provide some information to customers to help them understand what the threat is what they should be watching for what sort of things they should be um, using to protect themselves and giving them links to companies like yours where they can get the tools they need to protect themselves effectively and things like
0: that. I know you have some software solutions from Symantec as part of your larger security infrastructure what are some of the things you're doing to protect your internal IT environment? We're
1: using several technologies that you provide and several that other vendors provide to um, make sure that our internal environment is quite secure and that, you know, we don't have issues from that perspective. And then we're now we're trying to also extend that um, possibility out to our community so that they can have access to the knowledge they need to be able to protect their systems well. And that's a large part of what the security center is about, is is giving them that knowledge. We're going to have a, uh, or we're planning to have a, a the concept of a we initially called it an ebay garage where you could check in your pc and see if it's safe to drive on the internet and um that's probably not what the final version is going to look like but that's sort of the concept it'll be a place where people can come and and do a health check on their pc and be comfortable that it's it's secure and if there are issues it'll tell them where to go find the solutions to help them make it more secure
0: Hmm. interesting i assume bots are also a problem for you
1: It's an issue in the sense that a lot of the attacks that we see happening today, and it's not just to us. um, We were up at one of the major universities that does research in this space a couple of weeks ago, and they're telling us that they're seeing all sorts of um, bought armies, if you want to use that term, being used to um, do attacks on various and sundry things, everything from people trying to perpetrate fraud to people trying to do things like what happened in Estonia a couple of months ago um and it's really a rather all the attacks seem to be being very automated it's not someone sitting at a computer typing in commands that's making something happen something has been built and is being run by a bot so um from that perspective yes bots are, are a significant issue and um that's one of the things we're actively doing is looking for things that will help us detect a bot trying to do something and and determine if it's a good bot, because there are good bots out there, or a bad bot, and if it's a bad bot,
0: stop it. So. Mm-hmm. You've been working with Symantec Consulting Services on, on several different initiatives. The, the first one that comes to mind is the PCI Compliance Assurance Service.
1: Yeah, um, it's one of the partnerships we've had with you, and um, you've been very helpful in keeping us compliant with the PCI requirements. It's one of the things that's sort of being looked at as the de facto standard, if it's not the standard today for companies to comply with, and um, we've been doing a very good job of staying in compliance with it. Um, eBay actually is way ahead of a whole lot of companies in terms of what they do for PCI compliance. They're really very aggressive about it. They've really put some strong controls in place and um, and really do some neat things in that space. Some of the other things you've been working with us on is the, uh, we had your blueprint assessment done to give us a snapshot of where we are and I really like that honeycomb. It shows a really, it gives a nice picture of how comprehensive a a good security program needs to be and all the components that are part of it and The um, the blueprint was actually pretty helpful in getting us a clear picture of where we are and where we have some things that we need to work on and It's been quite helpful in getting a good picture, and it's also been very helpful in giving me a picture that I can show to the audit committee and to the executives and things of that sense, and I can clearly see, so here's where we are, here's where we're going to be next year, and here's where we'll be the year after, and and that sort of thing, and and show the clear progression and that sort of thing. So it's been quite helpful in that space. I call it SEID. I'm not sure if that's the right name. Executive Intelligence Dashboard. Yeah, so um, (laughs) – Um, and it's really clearly going to show me some valuable information that will help me manage more effectively and see what the trends are and what's happening. Um, we looked at a number of solutions in that space and really found that to be a, um, potentially the best one. And it's proving to be you know, really good in terms of giving me a much clearer picture of what's happening.
0: So. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the Alteris acquisition. And I, I think you purchased one of their products just recently for asset management that plays into SOX compliance and so forth.
1: Yeah, so that's my other hat. So I'm in addition to marketplaces, I'm also the CISO for what we call our corporate infrastructure that Brad Peterson's the CIO for. So that was purchased for that purpose. So that's more protecting our internal infrastructure. But yes, we did just do that.
0: So, What are some of the new challenges you're you're getting ready to tackle?
1: So there's a the number of initiatives in various stages of being done there. Um, we're actually looking at utilizing your tools to make sure that our, we can tell that our systems are staying in compliance or if one goes out of compliance that we know about it and can quickly go determine why that happened and, and get it back in compliance if need to be. And That's what we're looking for View to do for us. Because we're a global company and we're running 24 hours a day all over the world we need the capability to be all over the world. So one of the things we're looking at is the capability of having an a, um, operations center, and that's one of the capabilities you provide, and we're looking at trying to, um, could we leverage that and, and make use of that type of a solution? We're also looking at, can we take some of the things that we've been doing where we've built some very robust technologies in terms of protecting us from antivirus and malicious code, and you obviously have some strong capabilities in that space, and could we partner and, and do things that were even better than what we're doing today? and um, and as the sophistication of the attacks continues to increase, you know, partner with you to continue to be able to stay ahead of that. So,
0: your approach seems to be a you know, if we're going to define it, it's very very proactive security approach. Obviously,
1: yeah, it's one of the things we're trying to do. We're actually calling it a predictive security model. Is what we would like to get to. This reactive where you're you know. Something happens and you go figure out what they did and then stop that from happening. And we've actually moved beyond that and gotten into a proactive mode where we're looking at what's the potential um, for what they're trying to do right now. So we're doing a pretty significant amount of intelligence work and and utilizing your company to help us with that as well to see what attacks are starting to happen and um, how they differ from what might have happened in the past and actually put the controls in place before they try that on us. Um, but we also want to try and get to what we're calling a predictive security model, where we're actually building something they can't break, and they're going to have to spend some time trying to figure out how to try to you know to defeat what we've put in place. And while they're doing that, we'll build something even stronger <laughs> and make them chase us for a while. So,
0: mm-hmm. you've talked at length about the various things that you're doing today. Can we talk a little bit about some of the new challenges you're getting ready to tackle? So our biggest
1: thing and our overriding goal is we want customers, we call it confidence in the security system. We really want our community to feel confident that, you know, the security is there and they can do what they want to do and need to do on, in our marketplace and not have to be overly concerned or be concerned. And so there's a great deal of effort that constantly goes into that. So we're doing all sorts of things in terms of looking at how we authenticate our customers and I can make sure that it's really you coming in to do something, and it's not somebody who's gotten your username and password. So we're looking at some pretty interesting technologies that actually make a biometric of how you log in and um, could detect even if I do know your username and password, it would say, no, that's not um, Patrick, that's Hmm. somebody else, and stop it from happening. Hmm. Um, And that's that whole transparency thing. Could we put something there that's transparent to the user so we don't really make them have to do anything, uh, but the security is still there? We're looking at, so can we do things better in that space? Can we make the, one of the things that came up at eBay Live, which is our um, user conference, we had it in June, there were 11,000 users that came. And we had a security booth there to talk to them, as well as trust and safety booth to talk about some of the, you know, the trust and safety issues. One of the issues that came up from the power sellers was they like to, they've got multiple people that are using their systems, and they can't really tell the, or differentiate what Joe's doing from what Mary's doing from what Phil's doing and I'd like to be able to do that so we brought that question back and we've actually found a very nice little answer for that that'll mm-hmm. um, enable to have them have that level of granularity and see what's going on. There's some really fascinating stuff happening in the authentication space that'll allow us to put some pretty significant things in place um, to make sure that it, it's only you logging in um, those types of things. Phishing's always been one of the things that eBay's been really good at. They really led the industry and uh, literally when I was at the bank we learned what to do about phishing when it was, they started hitting the banks by looking at what eBay was doing and going, <laughs> okay, so I see what they did and that worked really well so now let me use that one and, and actually made my life a whole lot easier and then, you know, eBay's always been in a, a leadership position in that space um, because we have so many people out there when they send out those spam emails they, they you know, there's more of them that tend to hit our customers or our community people. Um, so we're looking at, constantly looking actually at ways we can put things in place to um, keep people from falling from that. And Harvard and Berkeley did a study, oh, probably about a year ago now, and actually said that phishing is going to continue to be a problem because people have so much email to read and they read it real fast. And if they see something that says your bank account's been compromised and you need to go do something quick. You know, they're going to go and go do something quick and not stop and think. And um, so that's a lot of the reason for the education and Mm -hmm. and the whole thing with the security center, trying to get people to understand what they should do and um, and be careful not to fall for those types of things. Um, But it's sort of that ongoing process around that part of it.
0: So how do you measure success at the end of the day?
1: So we're doing a lot of metrics work right now and trying to put some real clear metrics on things. We're really getting pretty heavily into the risk quantification space and trying to look at, you know, there's all sorts of attacks that happen every day, this malicious code that gets written every day, you know, how much of an impact could it really have and how much of a consequence could it really have and um, where can I best spend my money to get the best, you know, level of security and um, provide the... The best return on an investment for us, and the best return on an investment for our community as well. So there's a lot of effort going into that right now. It's sort of leading edge stuff, but um, we're doing some pretty good stuff in terms of trying to, okay. So here's the three things that could really, you know, have some consequence, and we'll call stop those three things from happening before they do, and um, and you know, give our maximize our level of protection. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Any antidotes that are, you know, and I know there's sensitivity around those, but those that you could share externally that uh, are kind of interesting in the security space? We
1: spend a lot of time looking at emerging technologies, so we also spend a lot of time analyzing what's happening in our own world. The trust and safety people, in particular, are really good at, at looking at what's happening on a, a almost a minute by minute basis. We have some pretty phenomenal protections put in place. We see millions of serious attacks against us. Not just the run of the mill, you know, porch scan type thing, but real serious attempts to break in, and maybe two or three of those manage to make it past the first perimeter every year, and we usually we all the time catch them, and they never get beyond the second perimeter now. And that whole layered defense thing of multiple perimeters is um, proving to be a very viable way of dealing with it.
0: If you're telling an end user what they should and shouldn't do, what what would you what would be your elevator pitch to them? End users, you should have a good antivirus solution in place and keep your
1: signatures up to date. You should have a personal firewall that's configured properly, and so if something does manage to get on your PC, the personal firewall will keep it from sending messages out unless you want those messages to go out. Those are probably the key things. Be aware that there are people who will try and take advantage of you and and think about what you're doing and um, sort of stop and think about something. If someone suddenly asks you for something that's out of the norm, think about that. We do a lot of things and one of the, our key messages is if we can keep you in the eBay community, as we call it, in the sense that if, you know, that's why we have PayPal for payments and Skype for communications. So if you're trading in our marketplace and you use PayPal to pay and, and you need to talk to somebody about it and you use Skype for that purpose, you know, you're you're inside a boundary that we can put some pretty good protections around and don't do things like allow people to say, well, you know, step outside that boundary and, you know, use Western Union to send me your money and, and that sort of thing because then you lose that level of protection that we can provide you. I mean, if you're doing the same thing you always do and you're doing it, you know, there's nothing in what you're doing that is out of the norm, we shouldn't be suddenly jumping up in front of you and say, prove to me that you're really Patrick. Um, It should only happen when something abnormal happens or something out of the norm happens and that's kind of the model we're trying to go to is we only appear in front of you you know when we see something that looks unusual and want to make sure that it's really you try to do that and otherwise stay in the background and just watch what's happening and
0: keep a good eye on things. You have over 240 million members worldwide and 1.3 million primary and secondary users whose livelihood is as, as a result of eBay basically. Not only is the former overwhelming, but the the latter, the number of primary and secondary users are more than, when I thought about it, more than double the population of the state of North Dakota. This is a huge responsibility.
1: Meeting the users was really a, a, a wonderful experience. They're so interested and excited, and and it's made so much of a difference in some of their lives. It's It's really quite inspiring.
0: Dave, thanks for your time. This has been a very engaging conversation.
1: Thank you. I've enjoyed it, too. It's been a pleasure. Thanks.
0: Thank you for downloading and listening to another Enterprise Solutions podcast from Symantec. If you'd like to subscribe to Symantec's CIO Digest magazine, view the magazine online, or listen to other podcasts on CIO Digest features, visit www.symantec.com slash CIO Digest. For more Symantec podcast, visit www.symantec.com podcast. Symantec, confidence in a connected world.